Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord. Gird your armor on. Stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. Happy Monday morning. Happy Monday morning to you. Was it Paul or John who said, all you need is love? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> Yes, this this is true. I know, I know. <laughs> we're looking at First John four this week, so we're going to be talking about love and you know, a lot just, about. I've, it. I've got that song stuck in my head. Yes. All you need yeah. is love. I yes. Just, as I as I'm reading through this, I'm like, it was John or Paul or Paul or John or or, or one of them or or maybe 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 the ones in the Bible. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: it all you need is love. If we're talking about the love that Paul and John talked about. But not the love that Paul and John talked about. <laughs> I guess it depends on who your Paul and John are. I think listeners of a certain age will be tracking with us perfectly. <laughs> and everybody else would be like, these guys have lost it. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so, yes, obviously, when apostles Paul and John talk oh. about love, their kind of love is the kind we need. When Beatles Paul and John talk about love, maybe not that one. Maybe not that one. Maybe not that one. So let's read what the apostle John says in First John chapter 4. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. 
love, love, love. And yet, as the chapter begins, uh, it's about discernment. In fact, I, I don't know how it is with the ESV, but I know in, in my own Bible, they kind of lay it out like uh, there's a chapter break in the middle of a thought. Mm. Okay, so... Uh, looking on my page, it goes back to chapter 3 and verse 24 to introduce this idea of the Spirit. It says, Now he who keeps his commandments, chapter 3, verse 24, abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. And so it, it goes in talking about we have received a spirit, but don't believe all the spirits because... Well, there's spirits that are saying false things that you shouldn't believe and shouldn't trust. Well, there, there's probably a little bit of an inclusio here textually if we mm. don't follow the chapter breaks. Yeah. So notice how you said, if you start in verse 24 uh, of chapter 3, whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. If we drop down to verse 12 of chapter 4, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Spirit. Okay. Notice we've got the, the, the abiding, the abiding the of the spirit and yeah. keeping his commandments and him abiding in us and us abiding in him. And we know that by the spirit mm-hmm. that he has given. The problem, of course, is, is that there are folks who are claiming to be following the spirit of God, but their spirit is not the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so John does get into test the spirits. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea is not ghost hunters. <laughs> that the idea is not ghost busters. The yeah. idea is that there are teachers that come among that claim to be teaching by the Holy Spirit of right. God. Right. And he says, not all of these really are the spirit of God. And we know this because he says, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Mm-hmm. They're not speaking by the Spirit of God. They are speaking from their own spirit. And we can go back to the prophets in the Old Testament, and yeah. we see that kind of thing again and again and again. I was reading from Jeremiah the other day. You had Hananiah and Shemaiah. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys are false prophets. They're declaring, no, there's going to be peace. Everybody's going to come back. Now, in Ezekiel, it talks about people who are speaking from, again, their own spirit rather than listening to the Spirit of God. And so when he says, test the spirits, I, I do think, Andrew, that this is, and this is a very, this is not a very common one on our bingo card, but metonymy, ah, <laughs> a change of the name, a change, a of, change the of the name. When he's saying test the spirits, he, he actually means when the, when these people who claim to be prophets come in and say, the spirit of God is speaking through me, mm-hmm. you need to test their words. Yeah. You need to test, are they actually preaching the truth? Because false prophets are out yeah. there. They are speaking from their own spirit. They are speaking some, uh, you know, evil things, and and you need to be aware of that. Don't just assume that somebody says I'm speaking by the Holy Spirit, and they really are. I tell you, I think that's really good medicine for us today. Uh, you know, when you watch a lot of uh, religious broadcasting, you have these preachers talking about the Lord told me the other day. Oh, yeah. And when they say that kind of thing, they are saying that they are prophets. They're saying that they have a spirit and they have some, you know, some teaching, some direct revelation to share. And you fill up stadiums, evidently, yeah. uh, when you stand on a stage and say, God's talking to me. And these stadiums of people are not bearing in mind, hey, just because they say they have the spirit. 
uh, well, then then surely they do. It's it's the very thing that the apostles warning against here. I don't, I don't know if the televangelists are doing this anymore because I haven't watched. I've, I've kind of gotten sick of watching them and, and keeping up with them anymore. But when I was younger, 80s, 90s, maybe even early 2000s, you would even have these televangelists who would act like they were hearing from God while they were on the camera. Right. Remember Robert Tilton, remember Richard Roberts, probably Oral Roberts, his dad probably did that. But I remember Richard Roberts certainly did that. You know, oh, oh, yes, Lord. Yeah. Oh, 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 okay, I'll tell him. And, and and then speaking to the audience as if he is actually hearing from the Spirit of God at that very moment. Here's what John says. John says, don't just don't just take people's word for that. Test them on that. And I recall, I can't remember, it was ABC News or 48 Hours. Somebody did an investigate on one of them and discovered that there was a transmitter in the guy's ear. Yeah, He's yeah. acting like the Holy Spirit was telling him to call out this one or that one from the audience, and giving him the, the these messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God's telling me right now you've yeah. got the gout, you know, whatever it was. But it was actually someone feeding them information. James Randi uh, wrote a book, I, and I can't remember now what the name of the book was, but he did an expose, and then they did that in, in one of those news shows as well. Yeah. He was a magician who, I, I think Randy is an atheist or was, I'm not sure if he's still living, but he did an expose, and I, I mean, it's sad because, of course, for him, that confirmed that it was all just, that all Christianity, all was, Christianity was wrong, was. rather than just these guys are false teachers, which is, yeah. which is one of the dangers of folks declaring they're speaking from the Spirit of God and being involved in all these kind of fake, false, fraudulent shenanigans, yeah. uh, they actually cause people to lose faith in God in general rather than just say, that guy's a fake. Let me find the true Spirit of God. So John is saying, look, test the spirits. Yes. I think we do need to understand, We or remember, we're reading someone else's mail. Mm-hmm. John is not trying to provide for us today the single litmus test that will answer the question for all time of all false doctrines, of all possible false things right. that false spirits will say. He is writing to a particular group of people who have been going through a particular set of issues, and he says here, in this situation, is a litmus test. Yeah. Uh, we've got some people that simply are denying that Jesus, the Messiah, came in in the flesh, flesh. that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. They are denying that. And so you need to understand if anybody comes into your presence and is claiming to be a prophet of God, claiming to speak by God's Spirit, but they will not declare that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who came in the flesh, that guy's false. That is a false teacher, false spirit. And that is huge because that was the, the teaching movement that was subverting people's faith. Yeah. We kind of call it Gnosticism today. Right. But part of that concept in that teaching was that Jesus was actually a phantom because a real God could never have flesh. Flesh is too evil materially. Right. So, I mean, we're really hitting a nail on the head here. But my question well, then becomes this. Uh, by what standard would I test these people? Let me let me back okay, up. You went back let, up. Let, let me right. back up a little bit. I do think I do think we've got the Gnosticism that is an issue, but let's not just forget that just straight up Judaism would have said that. The Messiah mm. did not come in the flesh. He is not. Jesus okay. was not the Son Jesus of God. Was not the, okay. Jesus yeah. is not the I Son of that. God. Yeah. So it's not I think I think Gnosticism plays a big part in this letter, but but it's not the only thing. 
It's not the only thing. So I, j I just want to make sure there's there's other issues. So now back to your question, when you're saying, how can I test? Are you saying, how can I test today? Or even back then, how were they testing? Yeah, well, and even back then, you know, I, I sort of take for granted that I've got this nice Bible all together and, yeah. and bound up. They're kind of working with scrolls at that time. Right, right, right. <laughs> so how do you know? And the New Testament wasn't completely written. Evidently not. Well, no. John comes down to another test that I think is really important. And basically it's this in verse mm -hmm. five, they are from the world. Therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them. We are from God. Who's the we that goes right back to the beginning of the book. The beginning of John's letter is saying, look, we were with Jesus. Mm -hmm. We touched him. We heard him. He spoke to us. Who's he talking about? He's talking about the apostles, isn't he? He's talking about the apostles and he's, and, and here's the test like it or not. The test is the apostles who are really with Jesus, we're from God. We really have fellowship with him. That was the first few verses mm -hmm. of this sermon. We really have fellowship with him. If you want to have fellowship with him, look, listen to them. Listen to us. Listen to the apostles. And this yes. is what he said. Whoever knows God listens to us. Yes. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And I, it's, you know, it's the dividing line. God worked by his Holy Spirit through his apostles. Mm -hmm. And if it's not somebody who is with the apostles, who is the apostles, who is following along with the apostles, he says, look, you know, if we are from God. This is the dividing line. And that's the exclusive claim of Christianity. And we, we have to understand that's part of the exclusive claim of Christianity. Jesus came into the world. He's the only Savior. He established apostles. They're the only conduits of his truth through yeah. them and the, the prophets that God gave with the apostles, the apostles and their yes. workers with them. So we hear them. You must hear them. So if that's where the spirit of truth is found and the message and the writing of these apostles and prophets ordained of God and full of the Holy Spirit, then there's an awful lot of places where we're not going to find I, the spirit of truth. This is interesting. Did, did you there's other did, claims? Yeah. To truth. Did, did you did you catch that? Hold on. I'll get it out. Did you catch that? John did not say by this. We know we have the spirit if we speak in tongues. That's correct. He, he did not say He actually that. doesn't appeal to miraculous spiritual gifts here, does he? Yeah, I, I, I think that's fascinating because today there are whole groups of people that say, here's how you know you have the spirit. You're going to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. In fact, you're probably not even a Christian or a disciple unless you've finally been able to speak in tongues because right. then and only then do you know you have the spirit yeah. of God. He doesn't say that. And if you're not speaking in tongues, you don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not uh, that's not it. That's not the test. He doesn't talk about that. Uh, he doesn't say that the truth is found in those that will cling to the traditions of the church. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Here's where the spirit of truth is. We look at all the history of the church and what it has said and the the popes and the bishops and how yeah. they've formed things or the denominations. It's not in creed books. He says it's not from men and women coming together and deciding, you know, we voted on this and decided this is truth. And and yeah. we, we just together agreed that this is the way it's supposed to be interpreted. And now we've written a book and you go you go follow this book or you're not one of us. You know, and I've been hearing lately that perhaps myself and some of my brethren have been too uh, too knee jerk against creeds, <laughs> too too anti creedal too quickly, and that there's a lot of benefit in going back and reading those creeds. And you know, I, I look at the creeds and some of them I've been studying, and I can say, okay, well, here is an agreed upon interpretation by a bunch of people, and I'm good with setting forth an interpretation. I do that as a vocation, actually. It's called a sermon. <laughs> yeah, or kidding. I write books or I you know, read commentaries. I, I get all that. I see a place for setting forth your interpretation. But a creed is more. 
Yeah. I mean, a creed was to draw the line and say, you either sit on this side of the line with our creed or you're excommunicated or, or you're a heretic. Yeah. Or we're going to burn you at the stake and everything you ever wrote. Right. Right. We're going to mark off our church and our denomination. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot more to creedalism than just, well, this was an agreed upon interpretation and yeah. good for historic learning. I think it's one thing for a congregation to, to say, we're reading our Bible and here's a passage you're not following. In fact, you're rebelling against it. In fact, you're saying that Jesus is not the son of God. You, you, listen, you're not one of us. Yeah. You're not one of us. It's another thing for men and women to get together and write a book because they have agreed this is the way it's supposed to be interpreted and now say, here's the book we wrote and you don't agree with it, therefore you're not one of us. Yeah. Even if what's in that book is actually from the Bible. I, I think those are just two different things. Well, it is. I mean, it, it's it's placing authority somewhere else. Yeah. John is telling us the authority is here with the apostles. Hear us and you have the spirit of yes. truth. Yes. And the creeds are saying, well, by a common understanding of uninspired men and our agreed interpretation, that's where the authority is. Yeah, yeah. Way past time. Good stuff here at the end. We've got more to say about First John 4. Let's wrap, let's wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for loving us and for loving us first. We thank you for the warning here in this chapter that as your people, we need not be surprised that there are many false teachers, false prophets that would try to lead your people astray, trouble our hearts, and corrupt the faith. But Father, that you would keep us in your truth that has been revealed perfectly in Christ and communicated through the apostles. And so we pray, Father, for a great commitment and a clarity of purpose that we might always cling to and hear those apostles in their writings, your word, the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.